I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We at TFL Truck are fortunate enough to be able to test basically every iteration of every pickup truck made. That's right. We have access, fortunately, to just about every type of engine transmission combination you can imagine from every truck that's sold to the consumer in the United States. Yeah, sold to you. Uh, And on this episode of TFL Talking Trucks, here's what I want to do. I want to talk about best affordable truck engines that you can buy right now. I'm talking about new stuff, not used. That's another show. That's another show. Right? But I'm talking about new stuff because we do a lot of testing, like the iGauntlet mm-hmm. that we're doing every Saturday right. on TFL Truck YouTube channel. And you could see it at oldtfl.com. But a lot of you guys say, guys, you're testing expensive trucks. What's up? Yeah. So I, I want to do a little, you know, we, we want to do a little bit more affordable stuff. Well, you, you really hit the nail on the head. Uh, a lot of you guys have written in over the years, and you've noticed that automakers, truck makers, give us usually the examples of their high-end vehicles. So instead of getting a base model, a work truck, the like, we're getting really high-end versions of these vehicles. And usually that means their best engine that they can give you with that particular truck. And in many cases, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only engine that you can get. You can save a lot of money, and in some cases, fuel, and buy yourself a much less expensive truck. And we really want to touch on that today. So it has a lot to do with the engine transmission setup. And really go kind of segment by segment, right? There are really now four 
significant segments Correct. in the United States. I would call them compact, mm -hmm. midsize, and of course midsize is Tacoma, compact yeah. is Maverick. Yep. Uh, full size, these are the half tons. I'm talking about F 150s, 1500 Chevys, and Rams, mm -hmm. and Tundra. And of course, heavy duties. Right. These are the big boys, right? 2500, 3500, yeah. stuff like that. So let's hit kind of all of those. Okay. Because I think, well, obviously, we've had experience with all those powertrains. Okay. And we could, we could see what's best. Before we do that, should we talk about our Patreon? Yes. Yes. Because we do have a couple of patreon.com slash TFL car. Supporters, thank you, mm -hmm. and questions. So at first, I wanted to thank a bunch of you guys. For example, Trey Smith, Wayne Kaiser, Wild Warg, sorry if I mispronounced that, South American Jeepers, so oh, thank cool. you guys. Thank you. Uh, Reagan Smith Burton, uh, and David Johnson. And actually, Wayne Kaiser and I believe South, uh, or Reagan, uh, Wayne and Reagan actually submitted interesting questions that we can touch on. Okay, great. Uh, during the show. Fantastic. All right, so thank you guys for your support. Without you, really, you know, it's really difficult for us to do this. It is indeed. And we will come back, circle back, and hit your questions a little bit later in this podcast. Yeah. So let's talk about the compact guys, because we have a lot of experience. You own one of the compact I uh, currently pickups, do. Actually. Yes, I do. Yeah. In fact, I own one that has the based engine, but it's not exactly the base truck. But let's first start on Maverick, because at the very bottom of this list, which in many cases is the top of the list, is the least expensive pickup that you can buy in the United States. And that would be the XL version of the Ford Maverick Hybrid. Comes standard with a front-wheel drive, hybrid powertrain. It's extraordinarily efficient. Actually, not bad muscle for what it is. But remember this, it's only available currently as a front-wheel drive vehicle. Yeah, so unfortunately, if you need all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive capability, you cannot have it in this one. No, you have to go up to the turbo, and then, then you can get your And the price drive. escalates, exactly. and it's really not kind of the point of the show, right? That, that is correct. But if you do get the base version of it, Okay, your payload's pretty good. It's it's about a, between twelve and fifteen hundred pounds, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. it's actually yeah, Which quite is good. Quite good for a little tiny pickup, but on top of that, about a two thousand pound towing. Yeah, uh, not great towing. No, but we've uh, actually towed with it up the Ike, and it did just fine. Yeah, so, and and I think, I mean, Ford caught most of us by surprise with this. Uh, we we knew, of course, the the Ford Escape. Hybrid was there, and, mm -hmm. you know, the Ford Escape is there, and, and the Ford Bronco Sport. But really, this little pickup, even though we've seen prototypes, we didn't quite realize that they would nail this hybrid powertrain the way they did. They captured lightning in a bottle. I know the lightning thing. It's, uh -huh. Uh -huh. But no, but, but I'm quite serious. Ford managed to build something that is so popular that, that you just can't get them right now. Uh, hopefully within the next year or two. They'll be able to really put out enough to where everybody can get one who wants one. And even though the price has gone up significantly, when they started, they were actually starting under twenty grand. But now I think they're about twenty-two thousand for a base model. About yeah, closer to twenty-three. So well, like yeah. everything is pricing is increasing. Yeah, which but, is, is a bummer, but it's still the least expensive. But dude, we track uh, sales numbers every month on mm -hmm. TFL Truck. Um, that's kind of my passion. You know, right. I love numbers. Um, and last month, in February 2023, Ford sold 7,648 Mavericks, almost 8,000 Mavericks in one month. And they're still on track, you know, to kind of beat where they were last year. Oh, by they're a huge selling margin. A, so 
they're still keeping up production. I mean, they're, they're keeping they're, up, but they're still behind in production, which I, is why you guys, a lot of you guys, can't order them. Yeah, because the demand is so high. Demand is massive, yeah. and for so good let, reason. Let's stop talking about that. <laughs> let's not promote the truck. No, well, I'm just no, kidding. but uh, seriously, I mean, you know, they they deserve the the love they get for a good reason. Um, so the next truck in that lineup would be the only other one that's currently competing. Although we're expecting the um, the compact truck market to expand significantly, I'd say over the I, next three I, years. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I think it will. So currently, the only other one to compete is, of course, the Hyundai Santa Cruz. And the Hyundai Santa Cruz has two powertrains you can get, uh, a naturally aspirated and a turbocharged engine. You can get the naturally aspirated engine either with the front-wheel drive base model SE or you can get an all-wheel drive with the SE as well with that base engine. That base engine is... Um, the two-and-a-half liter. Two-and-a-half yeah. liter, 191 horsepower. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, so, it's, it works completely fine. I have one. <laughs> so, well, it, what is it like? Because, I mean, obviously, we live here at higher elevations, yeah. higher altitudes. You've driven in the mountains. Yeah, I drive so it back how, and forth to work too. How, how does it do? So when going up and over the pass is just fine. There's plenty of power for that, and I had two passengers. Not a big deal. However, uh, it has a 3,500-pound tow rating, and I towed a 3,000-pound trailer with it with one passenger, and I went up and over the pass, and it struggled going up that last 2,000 feet or so. So you did your own mini Ike? I did a or, mini Ike, or yeah. Ike. yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it wasn't very happy. However, doing that same run with, say, 2,000 pounds, 2,200 pounds probably would be a breeze. Now, if you get the turbocharged one, you can tow up to 5,000 pounds. But that's a whole different ball of wax, and it's a much more expensive powertrain. Yeah, so you, like you said, you didn't buy the base base model with that engine, but... It's between what twenty six and thirty thousand in that range. It's supposed to start around twenty five, but really it's okay. twenty six. Uh, mine comes out to about thirty two, uh, and that's a twenty twenty three model. Uh, bear in mind that I have a couple uh, options on it, but you can get the all wheel drive version of the SE base model for under thirty, well under thirty thousand dollars, which makes it competitive with what Ford produces. Although Ford does have a turbocharged engine. So they have their own, you know, on balance, give, they're a little different. Yeah, yeah, there is some give and take there. But this little guy, yeah, works great as a little truck. Yeah, you can see this picture here. For those of you who are not able to see it, I loaded it down with hundreds of pounds of uh, goods <laughs> over time. I've used it as a little pickup, and it's done great. It, it definitely could use a longer bed, but, you know, that's what the tailgate's for. Drop it down. and Are you going to take, like, a Sawzall and cut, like, an avalanche window through the bulkhead or i really do wish they had a, a bulkhead that would drop wouldn't that be awesome it would be like a I, little mini avalanche i think that would be absolutely epic and if they would do that then suddenly i would have a five or six foot bed or even more possibly with the tailgate down but i think there's actually a reason behind that and that has a lot to do with the why you don't see any other automaker other than subaru with their little tiny mid gate and then of course general motors with their big mid gates and by the way at the time the Subaru Baja, mm -hmm. that actually had, uh, they, Subaru was tied to with General Motors at the time. Oh, because they own that, that well, or they patented the idea of it? I think or, that or has some, something. Some yeah, mechanism? I think there may have been some behind the scenes goings on in terms of Subaru being allowed to actually make a full mid-gate versus a t uh, partial mid-gate. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of uh, questions out there. And nowadays, if you look at it, 
who else produces a mid-gate that drops other than upcoming General Motors again? Nobody, really. I mean, right. Ram teased us with their concept. Yeah, uh, but that did not, that's but not going to happen. But concept only. Correct. The regular truck, yes. as far as I know, has yes. just a standard um, right. you know, firewall behind it. So yes. I do wish that the, both the Maverick and the um, um, Santa Cruz had it. That'd be you, awesome. You know, it's pretty crazy. Um, I just... Little tangent, mm-hmm. if I, if yeah, I may. Uh, I was at the boat show. Did I tell you this already? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Denver boat show, which is not big mm-hmm. by any stretch. <laughs> but uh, I talked to some of the um, you know people in the industry there in the boat industry, and they said the hoop, uh, you know, the tow bar, the tower, now called the tower, where you put the rope up high yeah. so you can board behind it, ski behind it, mount all speakers stuff. on it. Yeah, that was patented by one company. So everybody else liked that feature, and everybody else, every boat now has one, mm-hmm. and they have to pay royalties to that. Oh crap! Can you well, believe that? But that that's part and parcel to almost all inventions that are used in cars and trucks, right? But you would think it's so basic. I know somebody put a hoop with a little attachment point up there, but they, hey, they they got uh, intellectual property on there. Good for them. As far as I'm concerned, awesome. And speaking of boats, yeah, you're not going to tow a very big boat with either of these little uh, <laughs> compact pickups. Yeah. Um, but then we can work our way up to the uh, Let's go mid-size. mid-size class. And the mid-size class is only getting hotter. Uh, we expect, once again, to a, a lot of things to enter this segment. We're looking forward to a brand new Toyota Tacoma coming, coming out pretty soon, I think. Um, it's this year, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, of course the Nissan Frontier has recently had a significant refresh, so it's a fairly new truck. Uh, Ford is just about to introduce their completely revised the next from Ranger, yeah. right? Next Ranger, and we're hearing some you know, interesting things overseas on that one. So we'll see what happens, and then of course the brand new twins, the General Motors uh, Colorado, and of course the GMC Canyon. Those are both coming out. Obviously, he bought one. So. Well, I don't have possession of it yet. I don't yeah. have my paws on it yet. I know. I know. There's um, more and more delays. Uh, anyways, um, but I want to talk about Tacoma to start because it's, it is the class leader. I mean, it is they, the class they, they leader. The most. And it has something unique. Yeah, and they still have – so they're in the current generation. So mm-hmm. this is not the new Tacoma. This is the existing 2023. Tacoma. Yeah, that, that you can buy right now. Um, and by the way, they're still doing great on sales. Um, if you think yeah. they're feeling pressure from some of the competitors, no. Because in February, they sold 17,000 trucks, over 17,000 trucks. Right, which is 1,000 more than they did in February 2022. Yeah, so they're still improving where they are. They're doing well. However, if you look at the competition, their numbers are growing. I'm sure Toyota's very much aware of that. Yeah, I'm sure they're looking at Honda Ridgeline and saying, Honda, where did you come from? And, oh. uh, and Honda Ridgeline is actually gaining a lot um, right now. They are and, and for good reason. It's a good truck. Well, yeah. we, we'll cover that in a second. Pickup, I should say. But I want to talk about this engine that I know Roman hates, but he's not here. <laughs> so we, we can discuss this. That's right. So uh, The 2.7. Which has been around for a very long time. Yeah. Um, We're talking about the straight-up, non-turbo, 2.7-liter, four-banger, which is available with four-wheel drive right now. So you can buy one of those. I actually, a year ago, uh, I was in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and I rented one. It was a rental. Um, uh, four-wheel drive king cab? No, it was a full double crew. Oh, okay. Uh, they call it double. Um, was it four-wheel drive? I don't remember. So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons that Roman really hates this engine is that it's underpowered. Yes. 
And especially as trucks are getting a, lot, a little bit larger, a little bit heavier, yeah. and an underpowered engine, it has 159 horsepower. In yeah, that's case. not enough. What's the torque? Uh, uh, 180. Okay, so the torque is decent-ish. Yeah. Um, so it... But you have to have a caveat with every engine. Like with the Maverick, with the Maverick Hybrid, it has incredible city MPG, right? Yes. Like 42 MPG in the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it doesn't have all-wheel drive. That's correct. The 2.7 in the Tacoma has been around for decades, Um, literally. Yeah. Um, It's a fairly reliable four-cylinder, relatively simple, also relatively efficient. I would say I think it's only slightly more efficient than the V6, though. (laughs) <laughs> they're right. almost on par right because the little engine has to work harder to push that to truck. the truck um and i saw that when i drove it actually myself as a, as a rental six-speed automatic transmission yeah. is standard right what's wrong with that nothing okay. uh, but you can get it with full drive but you won't tow a lot right you won't be necessarily very efficient like we talked about um, and, and also, you're not going to win any stoplight races. No, but you will have a truck that has a relatively reliable engine for not that much money. So you can get one of these with that type with that cab configuration for under thirty one thousand dollars. Yeah, and we're looking at an extended cab right now. Right, but four wheel drive mm-hmm. under thirty one thousand. So that's actually quite affordable for that, Tacoma. That's a pretty good deal, and that's that's right there with some of the. Um, mid-level um, compact pickups. Well, that's about the same price you paid for your mine. Santa Cruz, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's wrong with that? And you guys have asked, asked us about um, more affordable things. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is a really good example of how you can save a couple bucks. How much more did you have to pay in order to get the V6 then? Yeah, that's a great question. So let's take a look. So this one was 30800 right? right? 825 So if we go for four-wheel drive V6 Tacoma, mm-hmm. I'm thinking the price is going to jump uh, fairly significantly. Well, okay. so about thirty-three four. So, so just under three thousand yeah. dollars more. Yeah, for it's okay. actually not mm-hmm. terrible. It's okay. So that price, that base price, is nice if you can find it. Um, but once again, you know, you are paying for more, uh, but you're also getting more. So, um, and we st- even this truck in its current guise, what you're looking at here, we still wouldn't receive as a test vehicle because it's still too basic. No, actually, the only way I tested one is to rent one. Right. Exactly. Um, so. Um, so I got lucky there because sometimes you can't pick a rental vehicle. They just give you something. So anyways, um, how about we hit one question? Yeah, uh, the perfect timing. Before we move on. So this one comes from Wayne, our supporter on Patreon.com. So thank you, Wayne, uh, very much for supporting us. He says, hi, guys. I've been following for a while since Andre had his diesel Duramax Silverado. Wow. Wow, that is a while ago. Wow, thank you, Wayne. Anyway, I've been doing some back and forth whether to get a half-ton diesel or a heavy-duty diesel. I tow on a regular basis a 6x12 cargo trailer filled with tools. It weighs about 5,000 pounds. And occasionally, I pull a 10,000-pound dump trailer. I drive mostly highway miles. I would be really awesome to see a mileage test on your highway loop of a baby Duramax versus a heavy-duty Duramax. Hmm, That's an excellent idea, actually. Towing the same load. How about that? Yes, exactly. Like towing, towing, say, about a 6,000 or 7,000-pound load. Yeah. yeah, or maybe a taller trail, like a camper or something Right, something, like something boxy. Yeah. That would be a fantastic test. That's a yeah. great idea. Thank you, Wayne. By the, yeah, this is a great idea. It'll take a little bit of finagling to make something like that happen, by the way. I, I mean, wish we could sp- snap our fingers. But if anybody can do it, it's Andre. 
appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so Wayne, uh, he's asking half ton or heavy duty. So the new 2023 LZ0 three liter Duramax mm -hmm. is quite a power plant. Yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't driven it yet. That's correct. So we've driven the previous iteration of it. We Which was already it. outstanding. Yes. Yeah. And they put it in everything, including Yukons and Tahoes. Cadillac. And Cadillac, yeah. yeah blew my uh, mind. Escalade. So, gosh, since you're only towing a heavy trailer once or twice a month, and it's a 10,000-pound dump, you know, the dumps are not very tall. You know, they're pretty yeah. short uh, by stature. Mm -hmm. So I would say a half-ton could be okay for him. It could be. But once again, we haven't driven the brand-new one. But just based on the knowledge we have with the old uh, the baby Duramax, so to speak, um, that was really good towing, and yeah. it really had no major issues. And the best part about that, for me at least, is that it was a great daily di driver, too. And I think it's easier to drive something like that on a daily basis than it would be a, a heavy-duty truck, if that's something that interests you. Yeah, so, um, like, I would put the caveat. Uh, I think we always should put this caveat. Mm. If you live in mountainous terrain, like, I don't know, Rocky Mountain region like we do, uh and you told that dump trailer a lot, I would go heavy duty. Absolutely. Just heavier chassis, heavier frame, heavy, you know, it's more stable. Yeah. And, uh, and you're working on going up major grades and down grades. Major grades, yeah. exactly. So, but if you're in the plains or somewhere not very mountainous, I think half ton. I think I agree with you. I, I, and, and it's quite a good half ton. So now that we've come to this point in our broadcast, we're going to take a quick little break and we'll come back in just a sec, okay? Thank you. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. And we're back. Yes. Let's go. So we talked about Tacoma, right? Mm -hmm. So with a four-banger, yes, it has its drawbacks, but it also has a lot of positives, like a really affordable starting price. Now, a long time ago, I, I've, I've, that 2.7 has been around for a long time. And I've driven a few trucks. They, I believe they even offered it back in the past with the manual transmission. But I think they got rid of that after a while. Yeah, there were options for that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but I drove one around and driving around the city. I actually drove around Los Angeles for a little while in, in one of those. It wasn't a four-wheel drive. It was a two-wheel drive. It was basically one step above the base model truck. And this is when they still had um, the availability of a standard cab. Um, but I, the one I drove was an extra cab. And it was fine. It was completely adequate. Kept up with traffic, loaded it full of tools. The payload on those things is outstanding. Usually because such a lightweight engine definitely helps with the payload. And yeah, I mean, they make great parts trucks. So that was just my experience with it. And of course, his experience recently with it. And I think we both agree that unless, of course, you're serious about towing or going hardcore off-road, it's not a bad setup. Yep. So let's move on to the Chevy Colorado. And I guess we have to look at the new one, right? So um, we have no choice. Th now. They're, they're sh <laughs> right, because the old generation of the Colorado and Canyon already out of production. Right? right. Now, had they still been in production, they did have a four cylinder, naturally aspirated engine that was available only with rear drive. And I believe just with one cab configuration, one bed configuration. Maybe the shorter well. cab. Yeah. yeah, it was it was the smaller cab. And, and then um, the diesel. 
the 2.8. Right, but that was a lot more expensive. Well, yeah, that's but but it was a really great engine. Yeah, it was a fantastic uh, engine. We, we we miss it, but anyway, the point is is that that four cylinder, it's gone as well. All of those choices, V6 diesel and that old four are gone, and now we have one turbocharged four cylinder engine in three different flavors. Yeah, it's the 2.7, and this is a trend, yes. right? Because the next Tacoma is still rumored, this is not official, but rumored to have a turbocharged engine. Yeah. Um, the Colorado is not rumored, it's here. Yeah, and we uh, know we know the output on all of them as well. Yeah, we? so the base engine is actually um, constructed a slightly different way uh, to be more affordable, mm -hmm. but also less powerful and less capable. So once again, there's a drawback here, give yeah, and take. Yeah, but, 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 uh, but what's, what's the output on this thing? 237 horsepower. <laughs> okay, that's not bad for a mid-sized truck. And what's its torque? Um, to, um, 300 and something? Well, the base one. You're talking about the base yeah, one. Yeah, okay, so that's not as Oh, much. it's like 270-ish okay. or 280, which is... Heck, for a base truck, that's for base model. Truck. That's that's still pretty powerful. Yeah, that's considered a rocket compared to some of the other vehicles that were just recently out there. So that's your base model, and that's by the way the only one that we currently have EPA numbers on. We'll hopefully have the EPA numbers and, available. And this is the later. one that's selling. Right. So I think they're began deliveries of this one. Yeah, that makes um, sense. as we speak, uh, what they're not delivering yet is the higher output ones, mm -hmm. and uh, you do have to pay well qu quite a bit actually. Um, in fact, well. So what's a base model, the absolute stripped-down base model version of the work two -wheel, truck? Two-wheel drive Colorado work truck is 30695 So you once again, you're near that $30,000 mark. Yes, you are. And so that's about the same price as the Toyota we just looked at, isn't it? Yeah, with a with a four-banger, mm -hmm. with a non-turbo four-banger. So, but if you want more power, um, there has some hardware changes, like some of the sound deadening, some of the cooling oil systems on the engine. Um, and you have to pay $1,200 more to get 310 horsepower. And, you know, for 1200 bucks, I would say just go for it. That's not too shabby. Let's go for it. But when you add four-wheel drive, of course, the price goes up even further. Yeah. Um, but in order to keep your options open, if you're looking at the new GM midsizers, I would say, hey, swallow the $1,200. You're buying a new truck. Yeah. And get that a little bit more powerful version, or a lot more powerful version, and just go there. Uh, or do what Nathan does, try to get the cheapest truck with the most components on it. Now, fortunately, Andre has driven that truck. Yes. We actually have back-to-back uh, uh, -back where you're driving one truck and then the other truck. Yeah, so I drove the, uh, the work truck and then mm -hmm. the LT Colorado as well. Um, I can tell you that I wasn't overly impressed by the base engine. You know, I, I had I had high, really high hopes. Yeah, for your it. expectations were high. Um, my, they were super high, and we were at sea level. We mm -hmm. weren't even in the mountains. Right. Uh, this was near San Diego. So, um, and it's it's I would say it's adequate for a truck, mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna like call my buddy and be like, dude, I just got this incredible you know turbocharged. So it didn't blow you away. It didn't blow me away, but it was adequate for a work truck. So I would say get the twelve hundred dollar. Upgrade right to the more yeah. powerful one, which you had a lot more fun. Yeah, with. which is a lot more fun. Eight-speed automatic transmission. Yep, standard across the line. Yes, but there are different versions of the eight-speed, and they have been updated because 
a lot of you have mentioned the eight, and we've talked about this. Yes, we have. The, the previous eight speed that they had had issues, sometimes really, really, especially on full really trucks. big issues in the Silverado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've updated it. So hopefully, we don't know yet, obviously. That's why I bought one. Right. Because partially, I want to test it for a long time, and I want to see how it works. So... So that's what's going on with GM. And by the way, Canyon is more expensive because they don't have a work truck version of the engine. That's exactly it. So yeah. they're, they're kind of going mid-level all the way up. And, and, and high output, right. actually. You know, the maximum torque, which is 430 pound-feet of torque, which is incredible. Yeah, for a force so, so the Canyon is up there. Okay. So next would be Nissan, I guess. And, and the good news is we don't have to tell you very much because there is one engine and one transmission only. That's yep. it. Now, actually, in some ways, it's kind of a deal. So look at it this way. You're getting their newest 3.8 liter V6, which we've driven several times now. And it's proven to be a pretty damn good powertrain. It's hooked up to a nine-speed automatic transmission, which is related to the one that's in the Big Brother Titan. But... With the Nissan setup, you can get it with the King Cab. If I can just get my cabs straight in my head. You can get the King Cab yeah. with the V6, and that's, that means you don't have to get it. There's no small four-cylinder engine anymore. And that base price isn't that crazy. I remember looking at them. Let me, let me check that yeah, now. See? You're still getting 310 horsepower. That's exactly it. And a starting price before destination of twenty nine one ninety. So if you add destination, which hovers between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred dollars, depending on the truck, mm -hmm. that means you're right there with the Toyota four cylinder and the Chevy slash well, basically just Chevy yeah. four cylinder. Yeah. But you have a, a fairly burly V six, and that's pretty awesome. But then once you start adding things up, things start to crawl up quickly. Yeah, especially uh, like a four-wheel drive system would, mm -hmm. would cost you, well, it looks like here it costs you about three three grand. Yeah, that's a little pricey. Yeah. And then if you go to a, a, to the bigger cab configuration. Oh, yeah, the pricing goes up. Yeah, crew uh, cabs are a lot more expensive. That's just that's across the board. Yeah, so I would, I mean, I would agree. I think this 3.8 liter V6 is a great engine. Yeah, this is um, a, it's a pretty good buy if with the King Cab. It's base model version of this, but there's a lot of stuff you don't get, of course. But if you guys really want, you know, one of the last holdouts for a base model that comes standard with a V6, this is it. Yeah, and like we said, the trend is towards downsizing engines and turbocharging them. Exactly. Right, and Nissan is still kind of going after the displacement, higher displacement engine. Yeah, you know, and, and we've had a lot of experience with that 3.8, and I'd say most of it's pretty positive. So... Pretty good thing. One of the bummers is that if you get the base model, you have like what two or three choices on color. So um, you get like white red. or white, no or, white or black, black or red. There's also red or maybe it's silver. It maybe there's, silver. There's not, but, there are not a lot of choices there. Not a whole lot going on. But what if you really want, you know, like a crew cab, and then you wanted four wheel drive? You just you you need to have those things. Yeah. If you live in Colorado and if you have like a little family or big family even, you know, just two kids or more, let's say, um, it would probably be a good idea to get a uh, crew cab and to get four-wheel drive. Well, you can do that right here with Jeep Standard four-wheel drive with their Gladiator, and then you also get their three-liter V6 Standard. Oh, 3.6 liter. 3.6, what is you were th you I was thinking about the, the diesel. diesel. Yeah. yeah. No, no, diesel is expensive. Yeah, I forget I mean, it. especially in the Gladiator. Yeah, the only thing that helped, it, much better mileage, but also much heavier uh, little Jeep. But it's the only one that's convertible, 
right? So you can take the top off it. You can take the doors off it. You can lower the front glass down. It is out of the box, the most off-road capable amongst vehicles with standard equipment. And if you add to it, it becomes more and more off-road capable. So that's another thing. Also, amongst all the vehicles other than Toyota, it's the only other one that offers you a manual transmission as an option. Yes. Did you hear they recalled a, um, a bunch of manual options? <laughs> of course they did. I know. Uh, it was and, it was a clutch disc. Yeah, but but Wrangler. That's, I'm sorry, I brought yeah. every manufacturer recalls things. Every, yeah, they do. Um, sometimes serious, sometimes not serious. One of my favorite trucks, one that I really wanted to get, was this Gladiator. Actually, almost exactly the one you're looking at. Uh, they had like one package, which is the Willys package, and I just could not convince m the boss lady that this was the right truck for us, especially because she didn't want me to buy a manual again. And I'm like doing the, I wanted to take all the doors off and the roof off and go off-roading. Okay. Anyway, so the point. So that, that, I'm with you. I mm. also would like a Gladiator, but dude, the pricing is pretty incredible because <laughs> the base sport gladiator with a gas engine is um toying with 40k forty thousand yeah, bucks you're, you're gonna just be look, under yeah you're gonna be looking at a forty thousand dollar truck for for an absolute base fortunately you do get four-wheel drive and the crew cab so if you were yeah. to look at some of these other trucks that we had just talked about crew cab four-wheel drive but but they're like 35 ish yeah so you there is a premium to be able to go you know with no roof and, and no that's doors. kind of what you're, you're paying for the name and you're paying to play that's essentially it there but, you go and at the end of the day the pentastar v6 it's pretty reliable um not the most efficient not the most powerful it does the job i would say it's a simple way to put it we've done a lot of tests with the pentastar in almost every type of vehicle you can imagine pickup trucks the Jeep style pickup truck and the Gladiator, regular Jeeps. Um, they've always been a little overtaxed in, in our book, but they work, right? Um, and then anything else you want to get with the Gladiator, the minute you just push one option, Ooh, yeah. it just starts, the numbers start to fly. Now, another vehicle that's interesting, and for a while they had a front wheel drive option, but they got rid of that a couple years ago, uh, is the Honda Ridgeline. One of our favorites. For city dwellers, um, a really good mid-size pickup. Because it's comfy. It's extremely comfortable. Yeah, it's really comfy. It's easy to drive. It's easy to live with. And it is one of the most utilitarian vehicles out there. Um, it, it's multifunction tailgate that works really well. And then they've got that in-bed sto in storage trunk, which is huge. Uh, and then... It's got a setup that works great on light off-roading. Can tow 5,000 pounds. I think it hauls 1,500 pounds. Actually, it has a really good payload. I think I've seen 1,500 to maybe even a little bit more it than that. It might be even a little bit so more. So the payload on the Ridgeline is quite good. Yeah. A lot, of guy, a lot of you make fun of us for calling it a truck. I mean, it is a pickup truck. It can it's do. It's got a bed. Yeah, and it, it can, it can it haul can, and tow. It can haul and it can tow. And it does both fairly well. It's not incompetent. But it starts at $38,800 because, like you said, they got rid of the front-wheel drive option. Correct, Amando. It's all all-wheel drive, which is still a very capable system. But oh, it's the I, not... IVTM4, right? Oh, yeah. Really good system. Yeah. and it's not, but, the, but it's not, dude, the, the most affordable option. Like no, it's really case. not. See, so if, okay, so if I was going to compare that to, let's say, the Nissan Frontier, 
with the bigger cab and with four-wheel drive, suddenly it's not looking so great for the Honda because I think I can get a couple grand under that and with have the frontier, a, yeah. with the frontier with better towing. Yeah. But, but... The, we've proven that the Ridgeline is very efficient. Dude, you get into it, and it's like you're in the crossover SUV. Exactly. It's it, really comfy. It's roomy. Even on the base model Sport, the seats are quite good. Yeah, it's roomy, comfortable, road trip monster. They have an HPD model, which is sort of kind of off-roadish. It's really just garnish, you know. But uh, I hear in the future they're going to be adding some beefier tires and wheels and kind of beefing up the suspension a little bit more. So for people who want to do a little bit more Baja-style driving, but in terms of what that vehicle is, honestly, I did try to buy one. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't find one. I couldn't find a way to chisel off a couple grand from it to make it uh, worthy of my Because there's still got good resale value, right? Excellent resale yeah. value. And that, that's what was really It's like a Tacoma <laughs> it as, is. as far as that is it, it's a, Well, it's not that far behind the Tacoma. Yeah. And one thing Honda's managed to do with this pickup is over the years – They've managed to keep sales strong. They're not flying off. Con- consistent, yes. Consistent, exactly. So, yeah, it's not challenging Toyota. It's not challenging Nissan. But they're still there, and they have managed to keep those sales right on the level. So that's something to keep in mind. Lots of rumors about this truck. Nothing substantiated. Everything from hybrids to electrification to diesels uh, and blah, 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 blah. So we have nothing new on it. But right there now. are some prototypes running around right now mm-hmm. that you guys have uh, showed us and sent us images. Sorry, I yeah, lost the that image. That may have been my fault for moving the table. Um, the, but but we don't, like you said, we don't know. It could be a trail sport model, right? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, like an off-roady version like the Pilot. That's right? exactly but, it. I think they'll do a trail sport but, version. But we don't know yet. So Right. So stay tuned for that. But that once again, you're going to be in the mid-40s to the 50s for that. Which is an awful lot of money for any mid-sized truck. Unfortunately, a lot of them are, well, just look at Jeep. You can get one for 60 at this point. So uh, let's see. We've covered Toyota, Nissan, Honda, GM. General Motors. So we d- we didn't to touch on Ford, Ranger. No. But, but it, it is being, uh, well, replaced soon. Yes. Um, and but let's the still only talk one about- option. Well, 23, let's still talk about the 23 model. Okay, let's do it quickly. Yeah. Now, bear in mind that, uh, once again, lots of rumors about the Ranger, what they're going to be doing with it. And we've even seen some interesting pictures, spy photos, if you will, from the road, showing what we think could be a plug-in hybrid or something. But it's impossible to tell from these photos. But it's still interesting that they are testing the hell out of them. Plus, we've seen them testing overseas versions of the Ranger Raptor right here in the United States. And we know that there are going to be some significant updates to this truck as it stands right now. Uh, Still very competitive in the class. Best towing numbers in the class, I believe, other than what Chevrolet has recently come out. Yeah, Chevy's got 7,700 pounds now Mm -hmm. on their Colorado trucks. Uh, This is 7,500 pounds, so very close. And 2.3 is a monster of an engine. That thing is a beast. Yeah. So, and we have a lot more videos coming out, actually, because we've done a recent MPG loop, mm-hmm. uh, maxed it out again. Uh, we're doing another iGauntlet. So stay tuned for a lot more Ranger. Uh, this engine is quite good. Um, I just picked a XL Ranger extended cab. Two-wheel drive? I think. Two-wheel drive. Yeah. And I ended up with a price of 29 Five. Yeah, that's after uh, destination everything too. Yeah, that's after. The, so under thirty k for 
quite a turbo monster, I would say. Yeah, and you're getting the 10-speed automatic transmission as standard, too. So that is part of the package. You get a turbocharged four-cylinder engine, and you get the 10-speed. Really the first in the class in the United States, at least, to have a turbocharged uh, truck in modern in the modern era, I should yeah, say. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of other manufacturers are following suit now. Well, they have every so. reason to, because you're getting an awful lot of performance out of a relatively small power plant. Um, now that is the it was are they calling it the extra cab or the for the small cab? They're, they're calling it super. The super cab. <laughs> okay, the super cab isn't so super if you're a passenger. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. Very small in the back of that. So I uh, just recommend if you're interested to move up to their crew cab. It's a lot more for spacious. Sure. And the crew cab actually has a reasonable space. Yeah, yeah. I, I can fit behind myself, and I'm uh, about 6'1". We, we, we own one. TFL owns one, a mm. 2019 model, which is the current generation. And we've been pretty happy with it. I think it's been great. Yeah, it's not perfect. The interior is it's probably the weakest point of the vehicle, but it, it, it could be a lot worse. Uh, tows great, drives great. All of the components in it are fairly solid. Um, we've, have you off-roaded it with it? I've off-roaded with one in the past. We actually took one from California to uh, Colorado and took it to Moab, uh, Andre and I. And that thing was a little beast. It was great. It, it was. Really, uh, just the MPG was the only thing that kind of let me down a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. <laughs> so all in all, very, very good little truck. Still competitive, but obviously you could use an update. And guess what? One's coming. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they improve it. That is correct, Mundo, my friend. Now, we are just a moment away from taking our second and hopefully final break in this uh, broadcast. So why don't you guys hold tight? We'll be right back. Bam. So let's switch gears into uh, full-size territory. Yes. Uh, and let's talk about the sales leader really in this space. Um, if you kind of single out the F, you know, the half tons, it's the F-150. Um, they've been really strong sellers in throughout history, at least recent history. Um, and so they have so many engines that we could spend probably in the entire show just talking about the F-150. Five power, five inches, six engines now? It, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about the more affordable ones, right? Yeah. Uh, it starts with a 3.3-liter standard non-turbo V6. This engine has been around uh, for a couple of years. It was a 3.5-liter before. Mm -hmm. So they kind of kept this kind of base non-turbo V6. Was that the one that they used also with CNG? And, uh, they yeah, had other, I, yeah, I think it had alternative fuel-capable yeah, yeah. uh, versions of it as well because fleets buy it. Yes, exactly. Uh, many, many fleets. I, I had an opportunity to test drive one of these, the non-turbocharged F-150, um, at an event in Arizona, and it's one of those engines that revs high. You need to rev it high to get power, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of typical of that V6. Yeah. And it's, once again, I call it adequate. It's adequate for the truck. I mean, I'm not going to, once again, call my buddy and say, oh, my God, I just got a V6. But it's just adequate. Okay, so what can you get with that, you know, the least expensive setup? Are you able to so, get a 4x4 four four with it? Sure. So 290 horsepower, by the way, which sounds like, like a lot, but like I said, you have to wind that engine out. And that's right um, about there with the Pentastar, too, by the way. Yeah, uh, which is we just talked about in the Jeep, and mm -hmm. then the Ram also has one um, that we can discuss. So let's, let me look at, at, at so the two-wheel drive version, uh, F-150 with that base motor, So XL, the absolute base. 40,845 after destination. 
So now we've crossed the 40K mark. Well, and yes. Yeah. So almost 41. Yeah. And so if you were looking at what we were doing with the base model, small engine, so to speak, uh, or base entry level engines for the other midsize trucks, we're about $10,000 past that now. Yeah, so we really, I mean, we jumped in size, we jumped in capability, but we jumped in price uh, yes. quite, quite heavily. So that's kind of the, and that's it's going to be across the board because if Ford is doing this, you can bet GM and Ram and Toyota and Nissan are looking at the same pricing structures. They are, but then again, you are also talking about different types of powertrains now that are available in these, in these competitors. Yeah. For an example, um, you know, Ford offers many, probably the most choices in terms of engines, right? Well, they are going up against some people who only have one choice of engine transmission combo. Or just a couple choices, right? Exactly. So, so and which we're going to jump to just a sec. Yeah. So four-wheel drive cost about 3800 bucks in the mm -hmm. F-150. It's pretty steep. So, yeah. So it used to be about three grand, like we talked about in some smaller trucks. Mm -hmm. Now the pricing goes up. Um, and it'll, it'll be even higher in some of the heavy-duty versions. Right. Um, what do you do? You get the ten-speed in the, with that engine as well? Yeah, it's now ten-speed across the line. Okay, so, so it's no all F one fifties have ten speeds. Right. No more six speeds okay. in the in the, um, the F one fifty. So so that's kind of the price range you have to play with. The two point seven liter EcoBoost, so the twin turbo V six, the two point seven. It's a fantastic engine. Yes, and it's only one thousand two eighty five. So like I talked about with the Colorado, twelve hundred bucks for a higher output. Mm -hmm. I would actually recommend that you could get a two point seven, just step up. You know, you have a lot more power. Now I will call my friend and say, dude, I have twin turbos and the truck feels really strong. It is really strong with a two seven. The two seven is a remarkable engine. I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. Uh, it's a super strong engine for the truck, especially for people who don't have to drag around massive loads when they're towing. It tows quite well at, to its max. Yeah, but it doesn't have a high rating. No. Neither does the base V6. Obviously, Obviously. Yeah. So, um, so let's keep going. So that's kind of how Ford does things. Mm -hmm. GM has transitioned. They used to have the 4.3 liter V6. Yes, uh, which is related to their old Vortex V6, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, that goes back uh, it's, way... It's no more. Yeah, that's gone. No, no more. The Vortex is gone. But now in its place... Uh, the 2.7. So this is the engine that's in New Colorado, mm -hmm. in New Canyon. So it's a it's, turbocharged four-cylinder. It's now, a, well, it has been, actually. It made its debut in the Silverado and the Sierra. I was talking to the um, engineer of the engine platform, mm -hmm. uh, which was a wonderful interview. Uh, it's on altfl.com. You can find it there. And they said they already have like several or two or 300,000 of these engines in customers' hands. Wow. Because the Silverado and the Sierra already has been selling for several years. That's with this, right. With this engine. Three, so, four years, I'd say? Yeah. So, but almost, I don't want to get it wrong, but yeah. but he said over 200,000 of these are already on the road. Wow. Yeah. So, they have a lot of uh, history already. There's a, there's a lot of um, data on the, on this engine. Right. Uh, the 8-speed was a kind of a problem. We've seen there. it in person. Um, so, the base... 2.7 liter, and I'm not talking about a two-door. I'm talking about a, a, what they call double cab, which is not a crew cab, but it has a, a four smaller doors. You know, mm -hmm. the, the second set of doors is a little bit shorter, uh, but still four forward opening doors. Right. They call it double in GM speak. Uh, 44795 
Okay. So you no for longer... For a 4 by 4 For a 4 by 4 Yes. Okay. Should hey. I go 2 by 2 since we've yeah, been talking we, about that? Yeah, because of the 4 that we looked at, we were looking at the 2 by 2 Now, am, am I right to assume that there's no standard cab available with that? There is. Okay. There is. I just... We, we kind of looked at some larger cabs. That's why I chose okay. uh, this extended cab. But I am curious to what it would bring you if you were to oh, go. Oh, you want to go base, base, base. Yeah, absolute base. I'm sure you guys are kind of curious like, about that. Like Ace of Base? No, I'm sorry. Oh, I wow, made that reference. Wow, he just dated himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than me mentioning Ace Freely, who you probably don't know. A uh, two-door. There you go. Two, 2.7 liter, turbocharged, two-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. 38195 Okay. Uh, Ford also has a two-door. So if you want that in an Excel with a base engine, let me just start this. Ooh, I think Ford is undercutting them. I, I, well, I would assume so. Uh, Ford is at... Here we go. 35.59. That's pretty significant, but so, we are also talking about a naturally aspirated engine as opposed to a turbocharged engine. Yeah. And the turbocharged engine really outperforms this one. Yeah, so. totally. So once again, you're paying for power and capability. Yes. And we can discuss long and longevity and durability. I mean, it's a different topic. Of course, it comes up because turbochargers typically, I mean, the turbo itself can wear out. Wear mm -hmm. out. Um, but these engines are, like I said, they've sold a lot of them already, uh, these turbocharged engines. And they're quite quite durable by themselves. Yeah, I, I remember talking to some people at GM way back when they were originally coming out, and we had a red one that we were testing for a little while. Yes. And I was really impressed with it, and I talked to a few of the guys, and they were saying that the whole purpose of that engine, that powertrain, is so the turbocharger can be a reliable one. They Everything's a little bit overbuilt. So hopefully with this newer one coming out, it'll be even better. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on now. Yeah, so let's, let's look at RAM. So RAM is the next big boy. Um, you may and have noticed that we're holding Nissan and um, Toyota to the end. There's a good reason for that. Well, it's sales numbers, really. Sales numbers and also lack of choice. Yeah. Um, so RAM, as the, as the page is loading, as we're talking about this, uh, we bought a truck we lovingly call Stubby. Yeah. Right? It's a Ram Classic. It's a 3.6-liter Panastar, once mm -hmm. again. It's a V6. The power on it is a little bit turned up, right? It's about, what, 305 horsepower? Something like that. So the power number sounds good. Uh, I just drove one in Indianapolis again. Yeah. My rental this time was not a Tacoma. It was a Ram Classic. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It was a four-wheel drive crew cab. Ram 1500 Classic, which is the previous iteration of the Ram. Even though they're still building them. And I got about 19 MPG commuting. I was commuting with on the, the three, highway. With the 3.6? Yeah. Okay. So there's nothing really wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's getting decent economy in a bigger truck. The power was, once again, adequate. Um, it likes to rev. Mm. So at high revs, it's not in the Ram, at least. Because in the Jeep, it kind of gets buzzy. It it's buzzy, like, and it doesn't sound great when it's revving hard. But so in the unhappy. Ram, I felt it was okay. It was adequate. And and, and so... Well, just like Stubby. We, we felt that driving Stubby around is, you know, it's such a small truck. Um, you know, when you have the small bed and a small cab, maneuvers great, and it's got plenty of power for being, you know, a full-size truck. Yeah. So yeah, there's something to be said about that. Ram has... Uh, they're still building... Hemis. So at least for now, you have 
probably the largest collection of V8 options available out there. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, uh, of course, there's, you know, diesels and whatnot, but I believe they're discontinuing their diesel Ram soon. Has it yes. already happened? And yes, it has happened. And Jeep is try uh, soon will discontinue They'll face it's, it out as well, it's, yeah. its V6 diesel yeah. as well. So, and pricing really, so the way Ram does this, and we experienced this with the Ram Classic that we have, mm -hmm. uh, which by the way, still exists, still being built, still on sale. It's still the previous generation of the Ram. There is nothing wrong with it. So why change it? Yeah. Well. Um, the biggest price increase is the four-wheel drive because they'll sell you a base two-wheel drive um, Ram Classic, what we saw, like 32000 like Really, yeah. 33000 Really affordable truck yeah. with that V6. Yeah. But, bam, the four-wheel drive is like seven k. It's a crazy amount of money. For so I know, they know that we value the four-wheel drive, and they will charge you for four-wheel drive. Yeah, and that's exactly so. what the issue may be. So in terms of, you know, if you get the classic for, you know, regular work and you do not live in an environment where you need four-wheel drive, it's a hell of a deal. And they're perfectly good pickups. But once you start adding, yeah, then things get kind of crazy price-wise. So are we moving over to Toyota? Yeah, let's look at Toyota really quick. Um, okay. And then Nissan as well. Um, so Toyota, um, so they switched to twin turbos. They right? have, and then they have three different levels of it, if I'm correct. Well, so yes, they did kind of similar thing to what Chevy is doing now with the Colorado. So mm -hmm. the base twin turbo 3.4 liter, I mean, some people call it 3.5, some people call it 3.4. It's in there. Okay. It's in there somewhere. It's somewhere in that um, It's closer to 3.4, actually. Okay. Uh, but the base work truck Tundra has lower power output mm -hmm. and lower towing. But it's still a twin turbocharged V6. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So they're kind of um, removing some of the capability of it to offer that price. Right. And that comes with a 10-speed automatic transmission, similar to Ford. Uh, rear drive. And it's also not available with a standard cab. They have... Two cab configurations, I believe. Yeah, the extended cab, which is four forward opening doors, like or Chevy. the full crew cab. Yes. Right. Um, and that's the thing. The the two door is not currently available. So right. so, you know, the ultimate work truck, just a simple two door. Mm -hmm. um, because Toyota is also, f they're a little bit like Jeep. They're they're focused on kind of a lifestyle vehicle a little bit more than a pure work truck, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what they talk about. Yeah, but it's crazy because you and I both know several contractors who have newer Toyota. Yeah, my Tundras. neighbor has one. Yeah, yes. yeah. One of my friends is, and you did an interview with one guy who just bought, just for work. Right, just yeah. for work. So there's a lot of work trucks out there, and that's one of the reasons why they still build the SR and whatnot. Because okay, yeah, lifestyle, but the reality is. A lot of working Joes out there and Jills are going to really like having an inexpensive option that is essentially is a base truck. Now, that base engine uh, it's relatively it's, efficient, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not as impressive as we original, originally thought it would be. Mm -hmm. uh, the two-wheel drive truck I'm looking at now is starts at 35950 Which is not a terrible price. No. You do get a few things, but... Um, get four doors. You got a twin-turbo engine. Exactly. You don't have a lot of towing capability, so you have to watch out for that. Right. Then, but a good price. 
Then you bump up to what is their standard twin turbocharged V6, which is in their high-level trucks. And then it works up, of course, the twin turbocharged V6 that's hooked up to a hybrid system. Yeah, so the hybrid is... On only two trims, right? Uh, no, they're offering on several more trims than just the okay. top the top two. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the image. We're having some HDMI problems if you're watching us. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Um, but we recently uh, did an eye gauntlet World Toughest Towing Test with a hybrid one. Mm-hmm. And great power. Super power. But once again, it's not built for efficiency. It's built for you know towing capability. So I was wishing that they would decrease the power numbers a little. Mm-hmm. You know, they were chasing those top, cl- which they are, if you if you don't consider Raptor R's or TRX's. Yeah. Uh, those numbers are really, really high, but the efficiency is not quite there for hybrid. Right. And I wish they would change that either in the upcoming Tacoma or the upcoming Tundra iterations. I'm, I'm hoping they've learned their lesson. There's a couple other things that are left off the truck, but very smooth driving truck. Uh, oh, amazingly smooth. Yeah, they, they, from the previous Tundra, this one is a completely different beast. Also, um, worth mentioning that when we were testing them, I noticed that at highway speeds, they were acting more like diesels than they were gas engines. They were able to run high speeds of very low RPM, which is what you want for longevity and also for comfort, For to be honest with you. But it, they had no problem on the Ike. Um, it really was pretty damn impressive vehicle. Now we finally come back to Ram. They decided to finally allow their page to be uh, loaded here. So. Yeah, it took me a while to load it for some reason. Uh, mm. I just wanted to show you a price because it is quite affordable. This classic truck is incredible. Um, in two-wheel drive, tradesman, two-door, Gosh, it starts at what thirty thousand six ninety five plus destination, which is closer to thirty two, like mm-hmm. I was saying. Yeah, that's a killer price, dude. That is. So, what does it cost for the four x four? Oh, I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Uh-huh. It starts at thirty seven eight five five before destination. Damn. So, that like is I said, four wheel drive costs a lot of money for four wheel drive, and I, you know, it's. Do you need it? I'm sure some of you guys are asking that. Well, some of us do. And actually, I still think that the uh, size of that little pickup would make a great platform for off-roading. But Roman's not going to let us put a massive lift kit or big knobbies on it or anything else to have fun with. But we did make a modification to it with some stickers. Yes, very classy ones, too, I should say. So check it out. Yeah, Yeah. on on tfltruck.com. Now, Uh, speaking of a vehicle that (laughs) probably could use some modifications... Uh, is the Nissan Titan, which only comes with one engine, one powertrain. Really, the only thing you can select is between having a two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive in terms of its uh, powertrain. They no longer, I mean, they do build the um, the heavier-duty version of that, the of XD, course, the yeah. XD, but that doesn't have a different powertrain now. It's essentially yeah, it's the, same the same one. Yeah, the diesel is discontinued. It's the Cummins uh, V8 is yeah, gone. Yeah, a few years ago now. Um, the Titan starts at 39.7. Uh, so once again, it's starting at um, kind of a higher range. So it's right below, well, it's right above where F-150 starts, right? right. Um, and um, so it's not the ultimate value anymore. However. And, and they don't have the two-door. They only start with a king cab. Which is why it's, it, it's got its own value if you think about it. You get a lot for the money. You get the V8 standard as opposed to a small, you know, fairly anemic V6. You get that uh, extra cab setup. Whereas with the Ford, as an example, you don't. Yeah, actually, this may be the V8 bargain. 
of I think it is of the industry. Yeah. Really. Now, but what does it cost to go from there, from the base model up to the uh, four? Oh, the four wheel drive. drive. Right. Yeah. Let me. Let me. What is that going to hurt? Or how well, is that gonna hurt? I, if I remember correctly. Let me just back up just a second. If I remember, it's closer to three to four grand. It's not Which like a classic. Which is much more reasonable. It's not like a classic. Oh yeah, so forty-one four nine five mm-hmm. versus forty-two nine ninety. So it's like fifteen hundred dollars. That's a bargain. To get four-wheel drive. That's a bargain right there, my friend. I think we just have a new story here. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize we, how. Yeah, I thought it was more, a little bit more. I think they may have recently dropped it and just kind of kept it on the low, uh, down low. They need to drop we, their price. We should rename the show uh, of this episode. <laughs> uh, get the V8 Titan King Cap is the V8 four-wheel drive bargain of the industry. Might be worth a write-up in uh, tfltruck.com. Mm-hmm. So that V8, which is the 5.6, is... Splendid. It's a great engine. So through a nine-speed automatic transmission. One of our favorite V8s. Throaty. Not super efficient, but relatively efficient. Good power off the line. Really just a good all-arounder. It's a shame because we're hearing a lot of rumors about the Nissan Titan going away. It's not a surprise. None of which is official yet. Nothing's, nothing's but official. But it's not looking too great. No, their sales numbers are terrible yeah. right now. So. I, perhaps this lower price is indicative of those poor sales. I want to sell some more of them. So maybe this is the bargain you guys are looking for if you want to get a 4x4 V8 truck new with uh, some room for people in it. And, uh, yeah, that's I'm actually pretty impressed with that price. Um, so as we wrap up this episode, I know we're going a little bit long, uh, but... Uh, I want to mention uh, Reagan's question here from Patreon.com. Let's do it. So let's let's hit it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reagan says, um, I've watched your DEF video recently. So we did a trip uh, down to Arizona with David and Alex and team, um, and we pulled with our Cummins, right? And I actually did some tracking on the DEF usage because I don't think it gets enough attention. Um, yes. Everybody talks about fuel efficiency and diesel versus gas. But diesel trucks right now also have DEF systems. All, all diesels do, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just that's to clean up the emissions. Mm-hmm. You know, the ni- NOx, nitrogen and oxides that diesels exhale uh, are in greater numbers than uh, other engines. Yeah. And so to contract this, diesel exhaust fluid does the job. Which is urea. Yes. Partially urea. So partially. don't, do not. Don't, um, don't pee in the tank. Do not pee in your tanks. No, it's, it's no, it's, it will, it will hurt chemical. the system. Yeah. It will not be good. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine explaining that to the guy who works at the, um, you at know, the dealership? With, yeah, with your warranty. Your warranty is gone, dude. Why? Because you, we know you peed in it. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> well, come well, on, we, we took it, it apart. We smell it. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, so, so Reagan says, you should do a more in-depth analysis of what a ram with a hemi engine mm. is to run the, with the fuel cost versus the fuel cost of the diesel with an additional def cost right because it is a small cost but there is a over uh, time uh, it's a couple hundred bucks a it, year it adds, adds up after yeah. a while so yes you're absolutely right we should that's do a really a, good idea um and that's another way because diesels just to wrap up this episode um, as we talk about heavy-duty trucks, right? Diesel gets you better fuel efficiency, especially when towing. Absolutely. There is no question. We actually dedicated the show to this recently. Mm -hmm. Better range, too, like by a huge margin. Yeah. So if you're towing on a regular basis, the heavy-duty diesel is the way to go. Absolutely. But you're paying a lot initially. 
So RAM initial Cummins cost is like eight grand for a 2500 standard output. As opposed to the big Hemi. Yeah, the 6.4 Hemi. That's already a lot of money you're cashing out, you're, you're giving right away, right? If you're buying or financing the truck. Then there's the fuel cost, right? Diesel is currently more expensive. It is. Then DEF is a small additional cost. Mm -hmm. And then service costs can be higher. Yeah, uh, diesels are more expensive to maintain. So all those things can add up. So really, if we kind of briefly look at pricing, since we mentioned RAM, let's go back to RAM uh, really quick and just look at what the base RAM Hemi starts at, right? Because that engine has been around quite a long time, the 6.4 liter Hemi, mm -hmm. and it's quite good. It even sounds good. You, you can um, actually without doing a lot of harm or any harm to the emissions, you can remove one of the resonators at the end of it and make it sound a little bit more throaty. Which I recommend doing because it's worth hearing. So you're not touching emissions equipment, by the way. Right. You're just removing just the resonator. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if we build a 2023 Ram Heavy Duty 2500, uh, really quick, it says it starts at 44,790. So actually, or 675, 44,675 for two-wheel drive, regular car. Dude, so... That's about 4K, maybe a little bit more than a half ton. Okay. A comparable base half ton that we discussed at yes. 40K. Yes. Um, For a lot more capacity. Yeah. You get a, maybe literally more, like a ton more uh, payload. Because mm -hmm. a lot of these, uh, so that's the strength of a gas-powered truck. The diesel engine great weighs payload. a lot. You're right. And that so, takes away from your payload. Yeah. So you're getting really great payload mm -hmm. uh, when you choose a But a you're gas losing engine. out on good towing. Exactly. Yeah. Or efficient towing. Because we've towed with both, and you're really losing a lot. That V8 heavy-duty engine really revs high and uses a lot of fuel it's, when it, when it, it does. It likes to suck down those dead dinosaurs. So um, there is something to be said about that. And, and really, that's going to be the, the recurring theme on the heavy-duty trucks, is that all of them, it's far less expensive by a huge margin to buy the gas versions of those trucks. And that goes for Chevrolet and then Ford. And Ford and Chevrolet, by the way, have recently developed or redeveloped their large uh, displacement V8 gas engines. And yes. that's something worth noting. Yeah. And they're getting more powerful, more capable. For example, a 2024 uh, Chevy heavy-duty truck, uh, the pricing is not finalized on a lot of those models yet. Yeah. So we can't quite tell you that. But uh, they just, they're now putting the 10-speed automatic behind the gas engine. Yes. And that should really help that gas engine in a big way. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, we know it's a smooth uh, shifting 10-speed automatic. Yeah, because it's already in their diesel trucks. Exactly. And so, so it, sh it should work quite well with that. I'm, I'm curious to see what the efficiency numbers will be. And, um, and they start in a um, lower $40,000 range. And, mm -hmm. of course, the 23 Super Duty, the fully redesigned Super Duty is also here. According to the website, it starts at forty three nine seventy. So you could see they're all around forty four grand. Right. Um, and they have a new six point eight liter gas V eight in addition to the seven three Godzilla. And that came out this year. Well, I, yes, the six point eight. Yeah, the the twenty twenty three. But we haven't driven it yet because they're just now. Some of them are reaching dealers now. Exactly. And we don't have it in our hands yet. <laughs> Which so, is. Ludicrous, but so we can't it. really talk about the 6.8 yet or the new 7.3 right. um, in the new truck. But we've driven the old 7.3. We have a lot of experience with that one. And once again, far less expensive to get that than a diesel. 
And that's exactly what we did with uh, a project that we put together three years ago now. Yeah, the After 50. Uh, we called it Super Tremor. That's right. Yeah. So uh, so a little bit ago, we did go into more, more depth. So check it out on TFL Talking Trucks podcast. We talked in more depth about heavy-duty trucks. That's correct. Uh, but um, I think my favorite engine, do you have a favorite out of everything we mentioned? Uh, you mean everything? Of, you is mean that everything? A tough question. It is. is just... It is pretty tough because I haven't driven a lot of the new ones. Uh, even the Chevy that you've driven, I haven't driven it yet, and yeah. I'd really like to because yeah. I am very interested in it. Well, we'll I, have I will, one soon. I would say, and it's weird because I, I wasn't as hot on it, but after what we just did today, I really, really like the Ford Ranger the because you, yeah, that truck can tow some serious loads. It can haul some pretty damn good loads. I don't love the interior. I, I, hopefully, the, the next generation will, will fix the, all those issues. It just feels really super cheap. But it's still relatively comfortable. We drove one cross-country. It was great. And, man, that thing is a powerhouse. And I really like that. And that's why I'm curious about the Chevy, because that's going to have the... Um, the, the a very similar very engine. similar type of engine. Yeah, uh, I've, I've driven all the other ones. I really do, of course, like I mentioned it before, the Ridgeline, just because it's super comfortable. I wish I could take like little bits and pieces of all of, of them, each put them and together. Combine it. And yeah. you know me, I prefer smaller trucks. And of course, if it's larger trucks, then yeah, the heavy duty. And then if it's the heavy duty, yeah, it would be a Ram Power Wagon. Then you're talking heavy, yeah, fifty-seven thousand dollars for the work truck version. At least that's what it was before, give or take. Yeah, you if you have, have no options, you have to dish out some coin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot more money. Uh, but yeah, I really do like. I'm just thrilled with that powertrain. I think uh, I would agree with you on the Ranger. I would also add that out of like work trucks. Uh, well, now that I know about the V8 Titan, holy mm-hmm. cow, that's really that a, that's really tempting. Yes, we need to somehow get our hands on the V8 Titan base model entry level truck. Yeah, soon. S or S. So yeah, because that engine is great sounding, great powerful, really powerful. Yes, and if it can be had that affordably, I think that's a story. That is a real story, especially a swan song, which I think is what we should call it. Okay, because we really do know that it's pretty obvious that it's not going to be around for much longer. Yeah. So there you go. That's an interesting revelation. We had no idea that it was that inexpensive for that Nissan. So something to talk to your dealerships about. Yep. So thank you for joining us. Check us out at oldtfl.com. We'll see you next week. Uh, Same place, same time. Take care, guys. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.